This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, and welcome to our first ever Bright Focus Glaucoma Chat. My name is Diana Campbell, and I will be your moderator today. I work at Bright Focus Foundation, and part of my role is to make sure that people like you access news and information about living with glaucoma. This is a monthly program in partnership with the American Glaucoma Society, and the program is designed to provide people living with glaucoma, their friends and family that support them, with the information provided by glaucoma experts. The American Glaucoma Society counts the leading glaucoma specialists in the country in their membership, and we are looking forward to hearing them discuss many topics about glaucoma during this chat series. For those of you who may not be familiar with Bright Focus Foundation, we fund some of the top scientists in the world who are working to find better treatments and ultimately cures for glaucoma, macular degeneration, and Alzheimer's disease. And we do events like today's chat to get the latest news from science as quickly as possible to families that are impacted by these diseases. You can find much more information on our website, www.brightfocus.org. I'm pleased to introduce today's guest, Dr. Dasarat Wajarnan. Dr. Wajarnan is an ophthalmic surgeon, physician scientist, and educator. She currently serves as a professor of ophthalmology, vice chair for strategic initiatives, director of glaucoma service, and the director of the AI Ophthalmology Center Data Sourcing and Strategy at the Illinois Eye and Ear Infirmary of the University of Illinois at Chicago. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and in fact, she's also a former Bright Focus grantee. With all of that said, <laughs> Dr. Wajarnant, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Diana, for your kind introduction. I'm happy to be here. And hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Great. Let's get started with the basics first. What is glaucoma anyway? And how does a doctor know that you have it? Oh, right. So it's a very common question my patients ask me every day, especially new patients. So glaucoma is a group of eye diseases that can cause permanent blindness by damaging the optic nerve. This nerve is in the back of your eyes and it's connecting to your brain. Glaucoma is sometimes called the silent thief of sight, and that's because the damages occur so slowly and most patients are not aware of their vision changes. Unfortunately, this can lead to late detection of glaucoma. As I mentioned, there are many uh, different groups of uh, eye diseases that can cause glaucoma. There are many different types of glaucoma, but the most common type in the United States, it's called primary open-angle glaucoma, and that's what most people are referring to when they talk about glaucoma. Another common type is angle closure glaucoma, and less common types could be due to uh, uh, injury or trauma to your eye, to be infection in your eyes or inflammation in your eyes. And you mentioned how to diagnose, correct? So the eye doctors can check for glaucoma as part of their comprehensive dilated eye examination. I'd like to also emphasize that the eye, you know, the optic nerve needs to be examined, and that's the part that's affected by glaucoma. The exam is simple and painless. The doctor check your eye pressure, give eye drops to dilate or widen your pupils so that we can take a look in the back of the eye. And we look at the optic nerve to see if there are any changes from glaucoma. 
If you suspect that you have glaucoma or if you have increased risk for developing glaucoma, we usually offer additional testing that include visual field testing or side vision test that has measure contrast sensitivity or how well you see these uh, light in different areas of your vision. And also we take some photographs, do some imaging study of the optic nerve to look for signs of glaucoma. Okay, and we're going to go, I was going to pick up on the optic nerve changes that you mentioned um, okay. in your last response. Um, so sometimes a patient uh, may be at their visit with their doctor and they hear that they have nerve damage. Can that be fixed? Right, that's a great question. I get that also a question all the time. Once a nerve damaged from glaucoma, once you have that visual loss, it cannot be reversed, unfortunately. But luckily, um, you know, although they know cure for glaucoma, the treatment can really slow down the process of this damage and can help preserve your vision. Well, we're thankful for that. Um, so even with the slow um, progression, does this mean that if you're diagnosed with glaucoma, you will go blind? That's, that's another top question as well. Will you go blind from glaucoma? And that, that depends. We know that if glaucoma is left untreated, that can lead to permanent blindness. And um, they're looking at some studies in early in the 80s by Dr. Grant and Dr. Berg. They want to also answer this question, you know, why do people go blind from glaucoma? And they propose the three potential reasons. First is undiagnosed glaucoma. People can slowly go blind from that. Second would be, you know, you have diagnosis of glaucoma. You know that you have glaucoma, but treatment, you know, it has not been treated properly. And third would be you cannot adhere to a regimen for treatment. And in terms of a lifetime risk of blindness, a studies have shown that a lifetime risk of blindness in both eyes from glaucoma were about 5% at 10 years and about 13% at 20 years. Good news is that um, we're doing better. For over 45 years, since in the mid-60s, the risk is, is lower from going blind. And that is the study from the Mayo Clinic. So That's we, very encouraging. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Yeah, very encouraging. And, um, you know, that third um, point that you mentioned um, kind of says to me that it's really up to us in many ways, um, adhering to the schedule of treatment that your doctor recommends and sticking to it. Um, can actually really help you not to go blind. Um, so that kind of leads to my next question. If somebody with glaucoma feels fine and has a good visit with their glaucoma specialist, why do they need to do their treatment? Right. That the treatment is to prevent you from going blind. So you want to preserve that sight. If you have glaucoma, usually, like we talk about, it's like silent uh, thief of sight. Glaucoma is notorious for being sneaky. So you might not have pain, your vision seems to be okay, especially central vision. The early on, it affects the side vision first. So as damage occurs so slowly, most people are not aware. And the brain, in fact, can fill in these changes and can adapt. And that means that uh, you may not perceive these symptoms early on until it's too late. And too late meaning that the glaucoma already affecting significant part of your vision significant side vision or central vision. 
So the treatment for glaucoma is really to preserve your vision and to prevent you from going blind. So when your doctor, you know, prescribes you eye drops or some treatment, um, you should still keep taking that treatment, even though you're not noticing that your vision is is getting worse. But you trust your doctor to know that um, that's the right drop for you and that if you don't do it, eventually you will notice, and at that point um, there's nothing to do to regain that vision. Uh, so, again, very important. Um, is there a cure for glaucoma? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, there's no cure for primary open-angle glaucoma, which is the most common type of glaucoma that we talk about. The most important way to avoid glaucoma blindness is to have the regular eye examination, adhere with the regimen, and if you detect glaucoma early, at the early stage, you have you start treatment right away, you have a better chance of controlling it and have a better chance of preserving your sight. Great. Um, now, so we've mentioned treatments. What type of treatment does a patient diagnosed with glaucoma um, typically need? Right. The treatment, in fact, this is a very exciting time for us as glaucoma doctors and glaucoma patients. And now we have many more options to treat glaucoma. Uh, first, we need to understand that the only proven treatment at this point is to lower your eye pressure and lower the eye pressure to the level that can slow down the damage. And that level depends on the stage of glaucoma. So you need a lower eye pressure if you have more advanced stage of glaucoma, or vice versa, if you uh, detect glaucoma early, your eyes can tolerate the higher eye pressure. And the treatment options ranging from using eye drops every day, having laser treatment, or eye surgery. So I would say if you diagnose with glaucoma, it's important to start treatment right away. In general, we start either with eye drops or laser to control your eye pressure. This will help to prevent further damage of the optic nerve by reducing pressure and to prevent you from going blind. Uh, for I can talk a little bit about laser and surgery if you like. Sure. I think people have questions about that. We have time for okay. that. Okay. So for laser procedure, help to improve the natural drainage system inside the eye. So it's an outpatient procedure, it's well tolerated, and it's quite effective. So the effect usually sometimes lasts one or two years, but it can be repeated. In many patients, the laser surgery can also help reduce the pressure and also help reduce the uh, need for daily eye drops. For surgery, glaucoma surgery is usually reserved for the uh, patients who have uh, uncontrolled eye pressures by drops or by lasers, or when the glaucoma is so severe that you need really low pressure, or the pressure suddenly happens, you know, pressure so high and you need immediate pressure reduction. And there are many different types of surgery that can help to uh, reduce the pressure by draining fluid outside of the eyes or inside the eye. Uh, therefore, that could help reduce pressure. Another thing is that at the time of cataract surgery, we, uh, if you have glaucoma, we often uh, offer additional surgery or procedure that help to reduce uh, eye pressure, and that's called minimally invasive glaucoma surgery that can improve the natural drainage system inside the eye. And this could help to reduce the need for glaucoma medications or our daily drops after surgery. 
Wonderful. Um, now, since we talked about how important it is to stick to treatments, one of our listeners asks, now that I know I have glaucoma, how often do I need vision checkups? You certainly don't want to wait until you, you know, notice you're losing vision. So what frequency should, should people think about visiting their doctor? Certainly. So um, it depends on the stage of glaucoma. If you're at risk for developing glaucoma, you have certain risks, and you don't have glaucoma yet, the exam can be every one to two years. If you do have glaucoma, it depends on the stage of glaucoma, and it depends on how, con how well-controlled pressure is, meaning that if you, uh, you have advanced stage, pressure is not in control, the, the doctor can work with you um, more frequently. If once the glaucoma is being stabilized, pressure is in the, on the target range, we can kind of extend it usually every three or four months a year. And if you really don't have glaucoma, we're watching that or have uh, just a risk of glaucoma sometimes can be like every six months to a year. But every okay. year, usually we like to do the, our annual, annual exam and annual testing. Right, so that's a full um, annual eye, eye exam with, with, with dilation. So you're getting your eyes right. dilated. So that, yeah. Right. Okay. And, and also the side, side vision test and also imaging of the optic nerve so that we can have a better way to track and monitor glaucoma. Wonderful. I have one other quick question. Um, we talked a lot about the importance of um, adhering to the doctor's instructions for how frequently you take your eye drops. We have someone who's worried about just occasionally missing a drop um, or a, a, a dose. Um, is that is one missed dose um, over the course of let's say a week something to be worried about, or are they still doing you know a great job if they miss just that one? Right, right, and certainly. So I would say that you know try your best. Of course, it's not easy and uh, to to follow all this regimen, especially you know you have to take it every day. And and I taking care of patients with glaucoma for over 20, uh, 20 years, so I understand how difficult and challenging it is to take drops every day. Some patients require different drops or different times a day. So you do your best. That's okay. I usually talk to my patients about the importance of establishing this new habit, right? So you want to incorporate this new habit into your routine. For instance, if you brush your teeth in the morning and at night, usually I tell patients that train yourself to also put drops at the same time so you're less likely to forget them. Or if you could incorporate this new habit with breakfast or dinner, and we, we always eat, right? So the, that new habit of using drop will also help you, and this will become your new routine. If you miss, you know, one or two, it's okay. Don't don't really give yourself a hard time. Just, you know, try to kind of catch that up, and that's fine. And another key uh, thing is that when you say twice a day, some people don't understand twice a day, we should say every 12 hours, meaning that you want to time the drop one in the morning, one at night, 12 hours apart. It doesn't matter what time, but you try to kind of spread them out so that one will work during the day for you and one will work during the night. Oh, that makes it so much more clear. Thank you for sharing that and for the tips about how to remember. I think that's very important. Um, so moving on from that specifically, um, you know, now as we're walking through this journey, um, we have a glaucoma diagnosis. What else besides our treatment can we do, if anything, to protect our remaining sight? Is there right. anything that people can do to protect their remaining vision? Um, right. Any right. thoughts on that? 
So I usually tell my patients that, you know, we set a goal together, right? We have two goals for treating glaucoma. The first goal is to control your eye pressure. And we need to make sure that you adhere to treatment and also we can work together to minimize the side effects because some of the eye drops also have side effects. Because we end this together, it's a commitment, long-term commitment, meaning that these treatment protocols need to be sustainable. The second is that once the pressure is under control, we want to work with you and to try to maximize your remaining vision. We, uh, we, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, already about how to adhere to the regimen, right? And then talk about to follow up with your doctors, make sure that, you know, your doctor have an opportunity to check if the pressure is okay within the range, make sure that the side visions uh, and imaging of the optic nerve is stable, and a doctor can also adjust treatment accordingly. And I would say that the last two things will be, uh, the third thing will be, you know, if you have side effects from the treatment, just let the doctor know so that the doctor can help personalize the treatment that works for you. For instance, if you um, have side effects from drop, can no longer use drop, the laser might be a good option as well. And lastly, this one, I think that we should do more and maybe we don't do enough is that, you know, when, when you start having trouble with daily activities, right, due to limited vision, your visual acuity still could be 20-20, but your size vision loss and you have a hard time uh, dealing with daily activities, let your doctor know. These could maybe in different ways that we can fix that, how to maximize that remaining vision. For instance, it could be just as simple as update your glasses prescriptions, or sometimes when you get older, your cataract or the cloudy lens inside of the eye getting worse. Usually, I, I tell patients it's like you're looking through dirty sunglasses. It's like it cut down light. It's like a smudge that you cannot take it out, can't take it off. So we can offer cataract surgery to remove that cataract to brighten the vision and help with the contrast sensitivity that could improve your vision, your remaining vision. And also the last thing I would say is, you know, you already have so severe glaucoma, advanced glaucoma that already affect your most of your side vision, restricted that also uh, affecting your central vision. Vision rehabilitation could also very extremely helpful. I usually talk to my patients and I usually send my patients to low vision rehabilitation. And nowadays there's so many different devices, so many different training protocols that might be helpful, might help you to maximize that remaining vision. I'm so glad you mentioned vision rehabilitation. Um, we find oftentimes that people aren't necessarily aware of that and they haven't heard, you know, and the ways in which it, it could help them manage their life outside of the um, medicine that they take. Um, another quick question about um, protecting the remaining site. Are there any lifestyle changes people can make? Um, and I'm seeing that some of our listeners asked about vitamins or supplements. Are either of those something that can impact um, their progression? Right, right. So this is another very common question. You know, patients uh, usually like to ask, ask this. And I also think that's very important. You're living with glaucoma. You want to know what, uh, you know, can uh, hurt your eyes and what can help. I usually tell my patients that there are three things, three things that can help maintain the health of the optic nerve in patients with glaucoma. First, most important, we talk about it, lower eye pressure. And this is the only proven treatment, and it's the most important. 
Second, you know, we want to promote the good blood flow to the optic nerve. And this includes maintaining good general health. Make sure you see your primary doctor. Make sure the primary doctor will check your blood pressures, check your blood sugars, because we know that uh, high blood pressure and diabetes also affecting the vessels all over the body. And that also can affect the optic nerve, blood vessels, and blood supply. And um, one uh, part is that uh, important thing to remember is that blood pressure, make sure that it's not either too high or too low. People don't know a lot about blood pressure that's too low that can damage the optic nerve. You know, some, you know, sometimes the doctor gives the medication to lower your blood pressure and have it take it at night so that you're less likely to feel dizzy or fainted. But if your blood pressure is too low, it can further reduce the blood supply to your optic nerve, and that is actually can be harmful. So do check your blood pressure. Make sure work with your primary doctor as well. And third thing that, you know, you talk about supplements, I get that a lot, the questions. The third thing I would say, you know, there's also reduced inflammation is also another um, factor. There's a strong evidence suggesting that there's a link between inflammation and glaucoma. And in a nutshell, I would say promoting overall good health would help with glaucoma, protecting your optic nerve. And for instance, in promoting what a good habit, you know, promote moderate exercise, eat well, uh, diet high in fruits and vegetables, and, you know, avoid habits that would damage your, your uh, vessels or make you uh, have poor health like smoking. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I wish that we have that magic tone, magic supplements, but we do not as yet. So if you like to take supplements, usually when my patient asks me, I would say, yes, you can do so. Do so in moderation. Okay. That makes sense. I'm glad you mentioned that about the low blood pressure. I, I think that many people, you know, who have slightly high blood pressure or even normal blood pressure think that, you know, the lower it is, the better it is. And it's um, a good thing to mention that low um, blood pressure can be equally damaging to the optic nerve. Right. Okay. So let's talk about who gets glaucoma. Um, why do some people get glaucoma when others don't? Um, what are the risk factors uh, for glaucoma? Risk factors. I see. So it it really isn't one specific cause of glaucoma. In general, the risk depends on a lot of things: your age, race, family history, or some systemic conditions that increase your risk for developing glaucoma. So anyone can get glaucoma, but some people are at high risk, like you mentioned. Um, so you may be at high risk of glaucoma if you are older. Basically, if you're older than 60, the risk gets much higher. If you're African-American age of 40, you already have higher risk. If you are Hispanic, you also have higher risk of glaucoma. For Asian, actually, uh, Asians have a higher risk for specific type of glaucoma, that is angle closure glaucoma. Then come family history, there's some genetic components of glaucoma as well. So if you have family history of glaucoma, especially if someone in your family are going blind from glaucoma, you might have a severe form of glaucoma. And other systemic um, diseases like diabetes could also, um, um, you know, have you have increased risk for developing glaucoma. Another thing, if, if we have time, um, that I I'd like to 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 talk about the risk is that. 
It's not so well recognized that it's the risk of uh, increased uh, risk for glaucoma is early menopause. In women, this is our research as well, and from our group and also others also suggest that women who enter menopause early on or earlier than age of 45 or younger will have the increased risk for developing glaucoma compared to their peers. And if you think about it, it makes sense because, you know, when you uh, enter menopause, you if you have that prematurely, you age prematurely. So whatever make your age prematurely, because aging, uh, increased aging is a risk factor for glaucoma. So you would also have in increased risk of glaucoma as well. I had not so heard people, that before. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, right, right. So, so for meaning that you know, if you uh, increase have increased risk, uh, have these risk factors. You talk about you know a dilated eye exam, right? To to get the good good uh, look of the optic nerve, and that can be done every one or two years if you have these high risk. Okay, that answered. I just got a question about that. Um, and what if, what should um, people who have just been diagnosed um, tell their family? What would you encourage them to tell their family members who might be at risk? Yeah, I, I love that too. You, you know, I think we all could be ambassadors, right, to try to help to prevent glaucoma blindness. So if you do have glaucoma, you know someone that has glaucoma, encourage the family members also to get checked for glaucoma because the genetic components and glaucoma can run in the family as well. I love that word, ambassadors. I, that makes it feel <laughs> official. <laughs> Something you can do in the in the fight for fight against glaucoma. Okay, um, let's see. Um, I wanted to mention that Bright Focus offers newsletters, brochures, and web pages dedicated to the topics that we are discussing today. For those who want more information, where else would you suggest they learn more about glaucoma? Yeah, no, I, thank you so much, Bright Focus. I, I really think this is important. Empowering patients is really a passion of mine, and, and you're doing a, a great job on that and, and also this chat. Um, so there's so many different sources, right, and on the Internet. So most are good. So you may want to make sure that you check uh, and you can rely on reputable sources like American Academy of Ophthalmology have a very good um, information about different um, eye diseases, including glaucoma. Natural Eye Institute also provide good information about related uh, research, and also American Glaucoma Society. That's a, that's a, our society to also uh, try to uh, you know uh, help with the patient engagement and also increase the um, you know the the awareness and knowledge about glaucoma. That's wonderful, um, and I know that American Glaucoma Society and the National Eye Institute, or NEI, produced a wonderful publication called Glaucoma, What You Need to Know. Um, I thought that was really wonderful, and we can include that link um, in our transcript so that people on this call can access that publication as well. Um, so with that, I want to share also that along with our mission to provide education about glaucoma, we currently have 40... 64 grants, grant awards totaling almost 14 million in our glaucoma portfolio. Um, often people who have been diagnosed with glaucoma or other diseases um, want to know what treatments might be on the horizon or understand a little bit better. Um, Dr. Um, what, what, sorry, which are not. Um, are there any other recommendations? I'm so sorry. <laughs> for, wait, for people to learn about research yeah, or no, clinical I, studies? 
Right, right. That's a great, great question. And, you know, I'm one of your grantees. Uh, thank you for the support. It's really helped to move the field forward. And I'm glad you asked because this is an exciting time for glaucoma researcher as well because, you know, new discovery, you know, can happen. And uh, if you want to keep yourself up to date, I would recommend as clinicaltrials.gov that uh, list, you know, lots of um, good information and also the latest trial and also results from the trials. National Institute also um, provide good information and Glaucoma Research Foundation, yes. Oh, wonderful. They're one of our partners as well. Um, I want to mention that on, on the Bright Focus website, we actually have a tool um, for each disease. So for glaucoma, you access this tool, and it asks you a few simple questions about your age, where you live, and some other factors like that. And it actually mines the clinicaltrials.gov database for trials near you based on the specifications you enter, and they provide contact information. So that's a a pretty neat tool that um, allows you to access that clinicaltrials.gov information in a sort of, um, you know, regular person-friendly way rather than researchers or um, scientists like yourself. Um, so I guess that's um, kind of where we're going to leave it today. I really appreciate you coming um, to, talk, to talk with us. A couple of final notes before we conclude. Next month, on November 9th, Dr. Tak Yi Tanya Tai will discuss treatments for open angle glaucoma. So please mark your calendars. To close out today, this discussion has answered so many questions we've received about glaucoma. And before we conclude, I want to give you the opportunity to share anything else um, you might have for the audience. Well, just, just, just want to thank you and Brett Focus and also the AGS engagement. Um, patient engagement subcommittee, also, you know, Dr. Julia Rosshall and Dr. Amy Mehta, name a few, and your team. For this opportunity, I think it's a great opportunity for us to get together, and, and I thank you for that, and also thanks the audience to join us today. Well, thanks to you on behalf of Bright Focus Foundation and the audience. We all appreciate very much what you're doing um, in terms of educating us today and for taking your time off your busy schedule to join us. Um, and really give everybody a sense for what they need to know after a glaucoma diagnosis. Um, so we're very grateful. And with Thank that, <laughs> no problem. We're, we're happy for this partnership and for working together. Um, with that, we're going to conclude today's Bright Focus chat, and we will return on November 9th. Thank you again. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.